Welcome to the PhD podcast project from Yale's Graduate School of Arts and Sciences. In each episode, you'll hear an interview with graduate students in different programs at Yale and learn about the exciting work being done at the frontiers of research. The hosts and guests will dive into the motivations behind their work and how it can impact our lives and those of future generations. Your hosts are Jazz Riley, a fourth-year PhD student in American Studies and African-American Studies, and Sandra Okonofuwa, a second-year PhD student in Sociology at Yale University. They're excited to talk today with Dusty Gavin, a fourth-year PhD student in Religious Studies and African-American Studies. Hi, everybody. This is Jazz Riley. And this is Sandra Okonofuwa. Welcome to our podcast. Black at Yale. Today, we're going to be talking about performance and resistance in media and the arts. One of our resident scholars of American studies, African American studies, and performance studies, Talon Yango, recently produced a groundbreaking text titled Afrofabulations, wherein he defines and illustrates the precarity and resilience and paradoxical brilliance of Black life through several artistic frames, one of which is the concept of performing for and against the camera. That is to invite and capture a gaze of the beholder while simultaneously critiquing the power of the gazer. On today's podcast, we will explore the role of performativity and resistance with our very special guest, uh, Dusty Gavin, who's a PhD candidate at Yale. Welcome, Dusty. Dusty was born and raised in Mobile, Alabama, and attended the Howard University, where he graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in Journalism and a focus in advertising. Afterwards, he received a Master's in Media Theory and Film at the New School and a Master of Arts in Religion at Yale Divinity School and the Institute of Sacred Music. Currently, Dusty is a PhD candidate in the departments of African-American Studies and Religious Studies, where his research explores Southern performances of Black femme, leveraging insights from performance theory, Black femme aesthetics, dance, and movement. Welcome to the podcast, Dusty. Thank you, thank you both so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm doing well. It's a, it's a sunny day. The sun is out. So, you know, I'm smiling over here in New Haven. Oh, that's good to hear. Before we get into the nitty gritty of some really interesting questions around your research, we would like to know what is one current event that really has your attention? You know what? I'm going to keep this. I'm going to keep things like lifted because I'm keeping things lifted. Something that has my attention right now is this sort of TikTok meme, the candy thing, legs. <laughs> I refrain from like from seeing it with like legs and hips and body. Body is what I'm talking about. And yeah, I'm obsessed with it as a meme, the way that like, I don't know, I love how, how like black people gather around memes. It, it just makes me so happy, especially when like everything is always falling apart all the time around us. Like, I don't know, that's kind of, that has, that's really been like keeping me smiling and I keep repeating it. It's like candy can develop a hook, you know, from no scrubs to bills, bills, bills. That girl can make a hook that you're going to remember. So, yeah, <laughs> Candy Ferris is very talented. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of there with you on that meme. What I think is so interesting about it is I think it came from the play that she did in like 2014 or something. It did. It came from a mother's love. Right, and here we are in 2022, and it's caught on and taken a life of its own. So I just find that to be so magnificent. Like, it's the power of social media and, like, how we can erode these 
elusive boundaries like time. <laughs> like, yeah, no, totally. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with <laughs> us. So I think we want to learn a bit more about your work in particular. So you do work around performance, and I'm wondering if you could just give us some specifics or just like a succinct description of the dissertation project that you're working on. Well, the title, the working title is like, If You Buck, The Politics and Possibilities of Black Southern Femme Gesture. The, the buck is like, I'm kind of playing on like, not the few buck, of course, crime mob, but also like the sort of bucking is a sort of like a way of sort of like truly virtuosic movement. Um, and it's a term that's used throughout like Jay setters and major writers. So yeah, I'm looking at that movement practice, thinking through like, you know, what it means, like what that feeling is to see, to see these dancers moving, kind of try to truly question the way that we structure religion and its practices in like the Western canon, especially through like exploring dance as one of these truly like, dance is truly a religious practice like historically, but it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I think in those sort of, we think about it like, I think mainly in secular terms, and I'm kind of trying to like think through sacrality, through dance, through movement, and see how like movement sort of like gathers and like creates community, not only through like the people who are you know, moving, but also through like its audiences. So something with that. I'm kind of brainstorming and riffing right now, but I know that that's what I'm truly invested in is like what that movement does for, for its practitioners and those who watch. Yeah, yeah I think that's a, a great description of your work. Um, I really appreciate this very, very like Southern Black culture that you are bringing to this project. One, just in the uh, multiple uses of the term buck and the culture that it indexes. <laughs> um, a lot of us know Nuck If You Buck to be like the second Black national anthem. You said that you're interested in thinking about movement or people generally think about dance in a secular way and you're interested in movement and this type of dance that you're looking at in particular uh, through the lens of the sacred. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if you could say a little bit more about the sacred and the secular here? I think, well, first of all, I don't, I, I think the secular is a, a ruse just in general. I, like, I don't know that like we're truly ever moving secularly. Um, so that to me in general is kind of like a misstatement. And they're like, there's plenty of work in like religious studies that kind of like is dealing with the whole idea of the, of the secular that kind of comes to like post enlightenment. And so like, that's a, a sort of like longer, art, like that part is like a sort of longer argument, but in terms of the dance, I don't know. Like I'm into, I, I think when I think about affect theory, when I, when I think about affect theory, I'm kind of thinking a little bit about feelings as well and how things make me feel and like sort of like responding to things in that sort of way. And watching, when I watch these dancers move, what be, be them like men, women, non-binary, like rich, like when I see these, these people move in general, like I feel something, I feel something, I feel something. And it's not, it's, it's real. And I've also felt things in the church, <laughs> you know, I've like, I've, and, I've, and if those things are real, I don't, but I'm trying to like, I want to capture what, what religion has to say about that feeling outside of spaces where that feeling is supposed to happen, mm. or supposedly happens. Like, I know what it's like when you see somebody losing their mind and shaking their hands, like when they're watching someone dance, there's something like, that's, some, some, energy, some, some energy is happening there that we can't like pretend that we can't pretend like it's not and just act like this is something happening over there. But also like I've seen like I love watching um, the twerk video by City Girls, like especially because at the end of the video, like 
all these women are gathering around each other as they're twerking, and they're all like celebrating, like like this is the, the athleticism and the commitment and the legs, like and the work is just. And there, it's, to me, that's something quite special and sacred. It can't happen with like different actors or in the space that like will ruin the space. There's something that we need to like notice and like. There's something to be like spoken about there that that's not necessarily trying to like. It's not about like uplift or like even like trying to like re-render anything. It's kind of like let's talk about this in like probably the terms in which we're supposed to speak about it. Like let's just talk about these in like real terms. What it makes like. Card, like Cardi and like Carisha, Young Miami losing their minds as people and like like that's a something is happening there and it's not just like us having a good time or like you know when Beyonce takes the stage and hits a certain posture and a certain stance that's sort of like there's something happening and there's something there there's an energy to be talked about and recognized and I think it happens through part of that is happening through like a performance of posture or a performance of sort of of a, of a black film and I think a lot of the, our performances of black film is something that's a southern thing that's like that's negotiating something that's very, very soft and something that's also very, very hard. It's a very, I don't know, powers of the erotics is my thing. It's like there's a power, there's something very powerful happening there. Or even when Zora Hurston talk, talks about like the undulating hip, like she knows she's a sweet woman, like in like the sanctified church. Like there's something, there is something being willed, and we need to talk about what's being willed as something that's very sacred and beautiful and special and like historic, probably from many different directions. Oh, that's such a beautiful description of like what you're after in terms of trying to articulate what movement means and has the capacity to mean and what it transcends when it comes to talking about just Black femme presence. I'm definitely struck by all the ways in which you describe this very visceral yet somehow elusive, intangible thing that can be felt. And it just causes me to wonder, like, so how in describing and discussing, you know, this Black femme aesthetic, this performance of Black femme, what does methodology look like? This is the question of the hour for me. Like, I'm literally, no, like, and really, literally, I'm, I'm deciding now, like, in this summer stage, before, like, the writing truly starts, I'm even, like, joining writing groups to, like, see, like, practice different methods, because I don't, I'm not sure yet. Parts of me, like, it's, it's very great that you, you mentioned, like, Tanya Nyong'o, like, he's on my committee. His work is definitely very important to my own. And there's a part of me that wants to take sort of, like, a theoretical, a, a theoretical approach. But then, like, also have, like, I work with Annie Meredith Cox, who's an anthropologist. So it's kind of like, so should I be also really trying to get some sort of ethnographic something? And then I work with Katie Lofton, who's in, like, you know, the archives. Like, oh, should you, like, should you be on the campuses and, like, moving, like, how, do, how are they talking about it? And then, you know, work with Rod. It's like, looking at, like, well, let's look at these sort of, like, half words, like, look for the clearness in between the lines. And then, you know, so it's kind of like, I'm working with so many people or giving so many different ways to, like, great people. I'm so excited about my committee or giving so many different ways to approach this. I'm not sure for myself yet. I think that though, at least in my first attempt, like this is this summer I'm writing, I'm gonna be writing like my first chapter. And I think in this attempt to write my first chapter, I'm gonna just theorize around what I see and how I feel and what I hypothesize and see like what that kind of becomes, like what I'm what I think I'm I'm wanting to say. So I'm not I'm really not sure yet. I think it's really interesting though. It kind of it what you just described, it seems like is the process that you are, one, already beginning to, I guess, uh, enact 
in terms of like searching for methodology, right? Which I think is really important and key because I hear you, from what I hear you saying, you see the importance of theory, but theory cannot be divorced from the actual material experiences that gives theory the ground or foundation um, to actually exist. So I really appreciate the fact that you have people on your committee you can think through these ideas with about where to turn when thinking what your methods are going to look like, right? That in and of itself is a method to remove yourself from a primary reliance on academic theory. And then to actually be interested in and curious about what the people who are the actual subject of your research, think about the thing that you're trying to theorize in some capacity. Absolutely. Uh, so I think that's just invaluable. And so we're really curious and excited to see this project develop. And I think if I could just add one small thing, I think that in part, like the, the, the sort of the idea of method is very difficult for me because like, I don't know exactly where to place myself within this sort of space. Like there's like a big part of this dance practice in the community is developed is very digital and like where people are like, communicating online, we follow each other on Instagram, we have our own Facebook forums, like I, I know some of these counts, I learn some of the counts. I'm not one of those who will perform them online like others, but like I know that when I see something, I'm like, I know what's I know what's about to come about to come next. I've seen videos enough times. Like we're all of like there's a fandom that kind of creates this other sort of community. So I'm also trying to figure out like, well I'm kind of a part of this. Like to get into these Facebook groups, you have to like take tests, like that aren't like for the faint of heart. No, like you have to know things to like get into these circles and such. So it's like, I'm also not knowing like where to place myself. Like, like cause I'm like, I'm kind of in it, but I'm not, I'm, I'm a bit removed. I did go to HBCU, but also like, I'm also, inter I, did, I did go to HBCU. I didn't go to like a SWAT sort of Southern HBCU. So I'm not really in it, but I'm also in, I don't know, I think about it's reach in that way to like reach out to like these different spaces. You don't have to be at, a Southern HBCU to be a part of this huge like culture. And so it's kind of like, I'm trying to figure out like, then what is, like, what is time and space? I don't know, it's like, it's a weird, it's a lot of different, it's a lot of different ways to approach this. And that's what makes me like, and I'm so interested in every part of it. So I have to like, it's about making choices. This is the time of choices. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I, even just that process, like that, I don't, I don't think that you're articulating a problem more than you are articulating just a statement of fact right now. But one, I think you've expressed a bit of gatekeeping, which I think is a bit necessary <laughs> in the digital realm when it comes to Black culture, Black mm -hmm. art, and Black performance. But also, you know, the fact that people are willing, you know, when they feel like there's some sense of trust, they are very willing to actually bring you into the fold and have conversations with you about certain things or expose you to certain steps. We were talking about HBCUs, but one of the things that I think is interesting too and in hearing you speak is trying to contextualize where your research fits in sort of broader discussions around performativity and resistance. Like how do you see what you're doing fit into these larger conversations of performance and resistance? In terms of sort of like the HBCU landscape and this dance practice in terms of performance and resistance, I love this idea of like, like this sort of like almost faux nudity. And I mean that in terms of also like how 
they have on these sort of leotards, but they always have on stockings. So like you, you can never really see the skin. I don't know, it's sort of like the sort of play with skin that's happening and sort of like I feel black women kind of controlling and being in control of the gaze, like telling you how to look, where to look. Like, I feel like the sort of movements are pointing, like not, and not just like literally pointing, but like the movement points to where you're supposed to place your eyes. Like, and it's like, there's such a power to it in, in, the, in the ways in which both of them, so online, they're like, again, like I talked about this, like definitely, definitely different like queer people who are performing for the camera as well, for Instagram, or Instagram Live, sort of like major ways. So like, that's to me, like what performance and resistance, like the way they're writing themselves into this culture. And I think we're always, I've always been written into this culture. I think help develop, I'm sure, part of my hypothesis of them, that they are developing this, Black women and Black queer people are developing like this at the exact same. Like this is like a collaboration the entire time, I believe between like just like black feminists or the black fem collaboration between different genders. So I think that in general feels very resistant. Like this sort of like underground collaboration that's kind of happening at all times. There's something very, very, very sissy about the movements. Like not like that, that's very important. Um, it feels very powerful. If anybody's ever moved by the way Beyonce moves, it's like that you understand like what this, cause that's like, since single ladies, I mean, literally even before single ladies, like in terms of costuming, everything about the way that yeah. that Beyonce's ever like built her sort of like star persona has been like steeped in this sort of culture. So like, if you know what that looks like and feels like, and that's before homecoming, way before homecoming. It is a word, right? <laughs> like people love Beyonce for a lot of different reasons, but I'm with you in saying that like, my appreciation for Beyonce. One is because you know, she made a whole album that's all about my dissertation, but also <laughs> like it's right. also because of what you just highlighted. Like she is, she's brought to the mainstream a culture that raised and nurtured so many of us. Yes. So important to us, you know, and, you know, kind of to that same point, I, I so you foregrounded how you're looking specifically at Southern Black femme culture. Mm -hmm. What I find and, and to this to this question or concern about like the broader conversation, what I find so intriguing is just how central Southern Black femme culture is right now in the mainstream with like P Valley, which is just all the rage in this in this very moment. But also mm -hmm. just thinking about how stripper culture, which mm -hmm. comes from what we're seeing in the mainstream anyway, comes specifically from like Black. Southern film aesthetic and, and performance, right? And so I think you're writing, I understand your dissertation as just fitting squarely into a pivotal moment of not just exposing culture and talking about its importance, but crediting culture yeah. for really all that it's worth and the work that it does in people's everyday lives that really goes unheard or unseen. Mm -hmm. So. I appreciate you for doing that. Yeah, thank you. I, I, it's very exciting to... I did not come to Yale thinking this was going to be my project. I just happened to be with my advisor, who's now my committee chair, and she was like, what do you do like in your pastime? I was like, oh, I just watch these videos all the time. And she's like, what videos? I was like, I just like go up to like, oh, I'll just show you like maybe three of my favorites. And I thought she was like, you can ask to see three, okay? <laughs> I'm just like going through that and wigging out and like like pointing out these different things that I appreciate and then be like, oh, you know, this count, actually, Beyonce did this count and that was like, kind of like, and she was just seeing the way I, I got really hyped about it. I've always been hyped. Since I was a child, I would go to games too. Like, that's what I was, I was watching these women the entire time. I just thought it was amazing the way they 
just commanded you look at them. Like, it's like, but you can't touch, but you like, just like, this commanded sort of like commanded, like commanded your eyes, like de- demanded your eyes and just standing. That's why I love when Beyonce just strikes that pose on the stage. And I was just thinking about like, what they brought to like pop culture just generally, just generally and just like a stretch. Like it's we like it's, it's just, I don't know. I think they're so important. I'm just excited to like talk about how central they are to like when we what we talk about is fears and bad and getting life and all these sort of like colloquialisms. Like how so many of those come from sort of like what I imagine to be different performance of like Southern Black film stuff. So. I could really go on now, so like, I like let's let's do the next question. So <laughs> this is honestly great and incredible, and I'm definitely learning a ton. <laughs> so I love, I just, I've, I've really loved hearing just the passion behind your work. I'm curious, even as you were speaking, you know, about just the various like individuals that you speak with and interface with. How would you define the mission of the research that you're doing that brings so much enthusiasm and that? inspire so much awe like what what is the the mission and like what are you hoping to achieve the mission would be i feel like the word on me is kind of like y'all need to know y'all need to know like it's kind of just like kind of like something y'all need to know but i don't want to give away too 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 much but like y'all need to know that part of like what yourself you need to know what you're celebrating a bit more and like i just like want to be able to speak to it i want to just be able to lift up this culture and praise it it's been so much to me um i also think that like you have these sort of and now that i even need this to become a one this like jay setting or anything or major writing to become mainstream like that's not an intention of like my own but even the way that like voguing is celebrating, I just want this to be sort of like celebrate, like this cultural movement to be celebrated in similar ways. And I think that it is by people in the South, but I also just want us to recognize when we're seeing certain things, like when you see Cardi B, certain, they can do certain things, like this is boring. This has now just become like a part of a, like, what we see as probably, probably like Beyonceisms to those people. At some point, like different formations are probably starting to be like, oh, you're just trying to do like this thing that Beyonce does. But it's like, well, let's kind of talk about where Beyonce got it from in a real way. Because also what I think happens, and I just talk about like black women and hypervisibility and invisibility. I think what happens in the homecoming movie for me is that in the homecoming documentary documentary film, I feel like the band and the steppers are like the kind of things that you kind of notice as like the thing, because you've been doing this thing with the women for so long that they just become just a part of like Beyonce's act that you almost lose like the fact that they're kind of being like uplifted in a true way. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're definitely mentioned in the film, certainly. And I'm not trying, that's not, that's not like a dig on Beyonce, but I think I'm more so saying that when we watch that film, we feel like that's, she's, that's an addition. Like she's doing that special, a special thing with this sort of like tradition in mind. When I would talk about like, no, she's kind of had this in our face for a very long time. And we just haven't talked about it in these terms. We only talk about the, like these women in majorettes in these terms when she clearly announces like here's the band here are the majorettes but I want to kind of say like no that's like that's been in our like cultural milieu for a very long time she's been giving this to us mm-hmm. like, most most like directly and like clearly in single ladies in every live performance she's ever done of single ladies I have to ask the obvious question like is Beyonce going to be central to the research but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we could go on and on about Beyonce, so I don't want to open up that can of worms. But I, I do wonder, given just some of the key points that you've highlighted in your work, and also the title of our podcast, Black at Yale, how has being Black at Yale 
influenced your research process? Is there anything about being black at Yale that I don't find many spaces to have conversations about my research? So I actually find that it's made me have to like learn how to create space and develop relationships. Like I now work with people like just different pe- people who de- deal with like performance and gender and blackness across diff- many universities. Uh, so like I kind of work online with them and interface with them more with my work than anyone truly at Yale. Also religious studies to be completely frank, religious studies at Yale from faculty to like students is like incredibly white. I'm sure everything is like quite white, but like it's incredibly white. So it's, it's difficult to like, it's difficult. I feel like I already have a very niche topic that people like, if you know, you know, but to explain, it's a lot to explain. So I find like it's like Yale is maybe very isolated and my project is all about community. So it's a very like, it's a very, it's, it, it messes with my mind quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I think it has a lot to do with like, my project has everything to do with creating space and I love that I get to create space online with many of these people and I've developed like, you know, I wouldn't say friendships, but like at least some relationships and conversations with people online. But Yale doesn't really play a huge role outside of like funding. Like I just try to get as much funding as I can from Yale. If it's any, I don't know, if anything is maybe like one to be like, oh, like I can't, can't wait to like, I hope one day I get to move to a city and make like, Black friends, you go to brunch sometimes, and just you know. I, I think uh, I think like um, I think it's interesting, right? I, we I think maybe Sandra and I have an idea of perhaps what you mean when you say like Yale is overwhelmingly white in a way that you know directly influences uh, the kinds of conversations you can have about your work the experience that you have when you approach your work. And I wonder if you wouldn't mind saying more specifically about what you mean when you say it's overwhelmingly white and how that how that affects you as opposed to us just, you know, throwing projections out there. I mean, I think y'all like, y'all are pretty bright, but also I, I would say that I think that I'm already an introvert, so it takes, like, it takes time for me to, like, trust people with anything. And then, like, with my research, you know, that's a, another thing. And then trust that they'll be honest with me about my research and not, not or, you know. The academic process, that academic situation is just a strange one in general. So, like, it's difficult to trust people's response to anything. And then, I guess for me, I think that it's just sometimes difficult to feel comfortable sharing everything with, like, with, with, with everyone. That comes from my own sort of like probably that probably comes from like my own sort of past of queerness and like thinking I have to like protect things, like protect myself at all costs. So I guess being at an overwhelmingly white university, I'm also doing a similar sort of like I'm protecting myself. I don't, you know, I don't trust my surroundings. And sometimes, you know, when you have like intersecting, you know, overlapping identities, it's sort of like in like overlapping past, it sort of helps with that comfort and I don't always find that comfort here. It sometimes just needs isolation. I think also just the PhD process in general is pretty isolating, and I understand that. Uh, yeah, and then also the world is happening around you, right? Like, I'm literally, I'm like, this is not to be like salacious. I've really been like legitimately, legitimately haunted by like the Buffalo, New York thing. Like, I think about it when I wake up, I think about it all the times. So there's so many things that are happening at all times. We just, you just, that, you know, sometimes you're walking around mad anyway. And the last thing I need to do is have to like perform any sort of like 
whatever I need to like perform <laughs> some sort of idea of civility. I was laughing because I was thinking about a writer when I said that. Um, but like perform, yeah, perform being a sort of like okay person. I just don't, yeah, it's too much. That's too much work. And so <laughs> it's isolating because it's like I could be around people, but it's like a lot of performing that I don't have to do in general to to um to share space with people. So I find myself going online to find spaces um, and finding, you know, yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty much it. I think that was a great response. Yeah, agreed. Wouldn't change a thing. I think it's it's hard to be experiencing something that's already very isolating and then have the added layer of feeling like you need to protect various aspects of yourself because you don't necessarily have the community that you would want. But I think you mentioned something really interesting with this idea of like not necessarily desiring to conform, like that requiring too much energy. And I think that connects nicely with this idea, like this episode of performativity and resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how have you wrestled with performativity and resistance in your own research? Um, what does that look like for you? I think that my parents, my advisors, everyone would suggest that I resist at every possible turn. I am a person who does everything kind of like, as long as I'm not hurting anyone else, which I can imagine how my life and like what I'm doing in terms of my research could possibly impact someone else's life if I'm getting things done. I kind of set my own, everything about my research has been setting my own sort of pace. So like, for example, I did my perspectives before I did my orals. Why? Because that's kind of what made sense in my mind. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, I think that in this process in general, I've kind of resisted, I've been trying to resist genre. Like I don't, now that I I want to do a dissertation correctly, but I don't think that that necessarily terms how it's supposed to be written. So I definitely am going to be playing around with like, how I want to write this dissertation. I'm thinking a lot through like the audio visual and like how that can be a component of this project, of, of a larger project. I don't think that this culture in general is just a textual one, obviously. So I'm kind of thinking like, how do we like think through that? There, I mean, I want to think with people like Elliot Stallings and like what, like how to analyze maybe through funk. Like how do like, just like, I want to analyze in just very like different ways. I want to like not make this as visual as this sort of thing, as sort of this practice is, as it's such a like sort of like, it's about what you see. I want to see like, how do we think about this outside of what's, how do we think outside of this sort of like, just the visualizing and the, and the visual. So I think at every turn I'm going to, I want to be, res- yeah, I'm going to think I'm going to be resisting throughout this entire project. But I, don't, I don't see it. I mean, it's definitely resistance, but I think it's kind of like, it's not resistance because in my mind, it is resistance clearly, period. It's not resistance though, to me, because it's like, I don't know that I could do it any other way. I feel like it's just like, instead of calling it like resistance for me, it's like me just allowing myself to do what I feel like I need to do. Like, I don't necessarily, like, I know it's called if you buck, like, like I don't really, like my thing is not to like, I don't know, I don't need to buck. You can see it as bucking. Yeah, I'm just kind of saying like what you got set up, I think it's kind of like, I don't like it. So I'm just not even interested in it. So I'm not even really bucking against it because it's not really, my gig in the first place so like I'm, um, I'm not like it's not something i need to like have a conversation with it's not a back and forth conversation because it's like i'm just kind of doing what i think is best for what i'm for what 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 is ahead of me and what's before me um if it's resisting it's like oh like that was like sometimes people tell me like that but like it's also like certain people tell you these certain like 
certain things about comics. Like, oh, that was radical. Like, I wasn't really trying to be radical. I was just telling you, like, right. what, what it is. Like, right. certainly, oh, that's resistant. That's radical. Certainly, I received that. Thank you so much. I was just going to tell you my, my, my day to day. And so, like, I kind of want this to work with, like, there is language <clears throat> that I know that, we, that I can bring forth. Um, even like speaking through a sort, of, a sort of southernness and a sort of like black femme southernness that will seem resistant and that is resistant, but like resistance is not resistance is like baked into the fabric. It's like it's an, it's like just it's a part of the tapestry, but like I'm just kind of like laying out a tapestry. I'm not, but it's like I realize this tapestry itself is a sort of resistant sort of resistant material, but it's like. Only if you're looking at the tapestry from like your angle. For me, this is just a beautiful piece of work. So like, I think that's kind of how I approach resistance. Like, yeah, sure, this can be resistant, but like, I don't need to write against you or anything. I'm really not that interested in what you put forth. I'm kind of talking about what this is and how rich it is. Probably will feel resistant, but it'll probably feel a lot of other things. I mean, that's a word, right? I think it, it kind of <laughs> takes us back to like how we opened around looking at looking at the gaze or determining whose gaze is viewing you, right? And the capacity to gaze back, right? That gaze dictates whether or not your existence gets read as resistance. And, you know, you are expressing that <laughs> you're simply trying to live. And yes. then there are other people whose optics or whose view or encounters with you become preoccupied. Right. With, the language and the work of resistance such that like your person is absented from that narrative because um, the preoccupation with resistance can be just so deeply consumptive, right? Mm -hmm. And I also think that like, I'm gonna, you know, I, watch, I watch these dancers all the time and like different, different like, and as, as they're dancing, I don't imagine. Also, when, I, when I'm dancing for myself and learning, like when I really get it, like an A count really well, like I'm not thinking about like, oh, I'm like resisting the sort of masculine. I'm like, I'm not, I'm just, I'm like kind of like, these people are living and they're giving life. Like people- The embodiment, period. Right, the people in the audience are not thinking about like, yes, resist the patriarchy, yeah. Like they're not, like, they're not it's not, you know, it's not. We're living, like, I'm sorry that I'm living, I'm living out loud as a resistant move, but it's like only, like, it has to be, like, if it's resistant, it's resistant that's being, like, you know, being placed upon it. And, like, I'm not going to, like, in my work, I'm not placing anything upon it. I'm just, I want my shit to breathe. Like, I want, I want the work, my mission with the work is for it to breathe, for it to live, for it to, like, I think, like, resistance and things can be mentioned, and, like, they will be mentioned in my work, but I kind of, like, want to resist for me, I want to resist the idea that I need to like that I'm resisting. Like you can see it as resistant, as like me like resisting. I am like living. Me like pumping down the street. Yes, that can feel very radical. I'm literally listening to like RuPaul catwalk. I'm just getting my life. Like resist. I can go off. I may be resisting, but I'm literally just listening to like RuPaul catwalk or like whatever. Like whatever the case is, that's what I was listening to yesterday, and I was really strutting. It was a moment. I was feeling so good. But it wasn't. <laughs> but you can see that magazine resistant to somebody. It's like, oh, like, and it can. But also, like, maybe if somebody else is seeing me like sissy down the street, they're also like getting life. Like, like somebody, right. else, you know. So it's how you looking, as as you mentioned before. It's like how you looking at it. Uh, on that note, <laughs> I I love that. Like, how you looking? Like this could. That could be a whole nother thing. Remember the the black Twitter thread? What's your um 
black dissertation topic. Um beginning with the meme, like community through like these like community in the digital space and like how we create space is just really beautiful. Yes. Well, Dusty, we really, really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us and talk to us about not just your project, but the process, what brought you to the topic, how you're experiencing going through the research process, how you're going about thinking about methods. I think we learned quite a bit and I'm I'm really just genuinely excited about the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. I second everything that Jazz said. Your work, I think your work is also going to be groundbreaking. And yeah, honestly, I think it's incredible. And we're definitely honored to have been able to have this conversation with you. So thank you. No, thank you all so much. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for asking me, Sandra and Jazz. It's just really, yeah, this was lovely. It's a lovely way to end my Tuesday evening. Thank you for listening to the PhD Podcast Project from Yale's Graduate School of Arts and Sciences. We hope you enjoyed this episode and don't forget to subscribe and check out other episodes on our website.